You're dialing in to the All Things Telesales Podcast. I'm your host, Jake Lynn. If the phone is your weapon, this is your podcast. We're changing the perception of telesales. We're a tribe of telesales professionals who believe in compassion before commission. We're empowering the call coaching experience by starting with the person and salesperson. When we take care of the person, the calls take care of themselves. And welcome to another episode of All Things Telesales Podcast. Today I got with me our very first uh, person who owns a CRM company, uh, strangely enough. So I got your own cohort. And uh, so welcome to the show, man. Thank you. Thank you. It's great to be here. Yeah. So um, before we uh, started recording, you were talking about, you know, some of your experience with remote selling and and how we've been we've been doing it and been at it. Uh, pre-COVID. So yeah. definitely want to listen to the ones that have been doing it pre-COVID and cause we've been at it for a while uh, successfully. So welcome to the show and uh, tell Thank us you. a little bit about yourself as a way of getting started. Yeah, um, I am Jurgen uh, Kotaud. I am a co-founder and CEO of Salesflare. Um, and Salesflare, like you said, is a CRM system. Now there's uh, according to G2.com, there's, I think, 611 CRM uh, systems out there. Um, so all of them sort of have a focus. We focus on uh, small businesses who sell B2B. Uh, it's actually small and medium-sized businesses nowadays. Um, and, and what we offer is a system that uh, basically fills out itself. So most CRMs fail uh, when salespeople don't fill it out because nobody likes to fill out a serum, especially if you don't get a whole lot in return. Uh, and we sort of fix these both issues. So we make sure that the, the CRM fills out itself based on the data that's already there. Uh, so there's an enormous amount of data in your email system, in your calendar, in your phone, in social media and company databases, email tracking, web tracking, all that. And our system lives on top of that uh, and makes it easy for you to curate, curate that information. And it also, to the second point, um, helps you actively follow up uh, your your leads based on that. So it will tell you, for instance, like it's been a week since you've contacted that customer because we see that in your data. Uh, it might be good to follow up or you forgot to answer that email or, you know, this kind of things. Um, it helps you keep the overview also in this kind of uh, traditional sales pipeline with drag and drop and all that. Um, and that's mostly used by... Uh, agencies. We have a lot of marketing agencies on our software, uh, software development agencies, all sorts of agencies, actually, and uh, fast-growing companies who, who actively do sales. So not companies who, who don't really work on sales and don't have salespeople, but uh, people who actively have a sales process and get leads through it and all that. So. Yeah, cool. So uh, what made you want to get into the CRM space? Uh, frustrations with uh, with uh, existing CRM systems. Uh, I personally use Salesforce uh, for quite a while. Um, it was my very first CRM, so I took it very seriously. I really tried to follow up leads with it, um, but I never really managed. Uh, in the end, I use Salesforce like all my colleagues and everybody I know uses Salesforce as a tool to let your manager know what you're working on. Uh, sort of management reporting style, but it never uh, became a real sales tool for me. Uh, so that was my second point that I made earlier. And the first point was the fact that nobody likes to fill it out. There's like a lot of data input needed, 
a lot of input in general and a little output. Um, and we thought of a way of, of fixing these two issues so that we build a CRM that is active, act, actually used and actively used as well. Um, and we're doing that for six years now and it's uh, working out well. Uh, we have thousands of companies using our software, um, but still building, of course, because there's all these uh, big players out there like Salesforce who, uh, who have much more money to spend to to get traffic and visibility. So it's a, it's a long road. Right. Which is why you are on a podcast tour right now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, cool. That's all you had uh, jammed with a friend of mine, Michael Altshuler, on the results yeah. podcast recently yeah yeah i was on uh on michael altrudel's podcast as well yeah it was very nice yeah yeah he's uh also been on on ours and i've been on his and so mm-hmm. don't call it pod swapping before so yeah <laughs> cool dude yeah man so um so what are some of the things that you're most excited about nowadays um nowadays just um how sales automation is sort of maturing uh, it's very interesting. People have been uh, experiencing all kinds of new possibilities uh, lately, um, often using it in the wrong ways because it's so new, like just blasting stuff to everyone and things like that. Uh, but you can slowly see it maturing. Um, there's many more possibilities that are going to come uh, become uh, uh, available in the next few years, I'm sure. Um, that's just because the amount of data that's being tracked in sales is becoming more and more. Um, when CRMs are starting to be f- filled out, there's also active, I am like, like, like proper data to, to base these kind of things on. Uh, but then next to that, um, there's all kinds of big advances in, in the AI space um, that will make it possible to use that data even more actively. Uh, so I, I, I feel like we're at, at the beginning of something big here for salespeople. Yeah. Right. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm a big fan of, uh, of AI as well. I spent about a year at a company helping them develop and, uh, sell and package their, uh, AI product that they had for the call center space. Uh, but at the same time found that you can never, um, you know, replace that human touch, that human emotion, <laughs> the empathy. Um, while there are some companies out there that are trying to incorporate those, uh, emotions in AI. Uh, I think there, there's a long road ahead there. And also it's a huge buzzword that hardly ever lives up to the expectation that that buzzword creates, sure. you know? Um, but I think that's going to change now. Um, well, f- first of all, AI used to be a lot of if this, then that kind of stuff, uh, like like ang- actually simple algorithms and called AI, uh, like you said. Uh, and then about the the empathy part, I, I do believe that in that as well. I think the last part where, where salespeople will be replaced is in the part where they actually use that empathy. Um, but that's just, if you look at what a salesperson does every day, that's maybe 20, 30% of their time where they're actively using this. And a lot of the rest of the time is, is, is them doing routine stuff or managing data or all kinds of things that uh, in the end, uh, computers can do much better. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. They, a computer can do much better with the CRM hygiene for sure. Which <laughs> <laughs> is a lot of salespeople were dynamic and marketing is always hollering at, uh, you know, the salespeople, Hey, update that CRM, you know, we need to know what's going on with those leads and, 
<laughs> yeah. What exactly? What advice might you give uh, someone that's struggling with CRM hygiene? Um, first, uh, get get the CRM that your 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 salespeople active, act, actually use. Uh, that's definitely step number one because otherwise you can just keep running behind them or you can hire an assistant or whatever. Uh, but it's never um, gonna gonna solve itself. Um, even if uh, salespeople actively use the CRM, uh, do a little uh, sprinkling now and then. Um, I recommend our customers, for instance, to uh, now and then uh, filter their opportunities and see which close dates are too far in the past um, or see which ones have been created a long time ago and uh, the last interaction date on the account has is, is, is been uh, quite a while back. These things probably don't belong in the pipeline anymore and just clogging your overview, they're clogging your forecasts, everything doesn't make sense. It's best to just take it all out. Either you pick it up or you remove it. Um, and just generally also looking at uh, which, uh, which emails that start bouncing, uh, that will also enable you to um, clean up your, your, your contacts uh, well. Um, but then next to the, the, the hygiene part, um, I would say make sure that you develop decent views on your software, uh, on, your, on your data, so you can find the data that you're looking for, even have, if you have a lot of data, uh, that you create safe filters or so that, that bring you to the exact data that you want to work on at that moment, because you don't need to start throwing everything away or so to keep things clean. It's like uh, when you're using Gmail nowadays or any modern inbox, you keep everything, but everything is still... Like, like it, it doesn't obstruct your view, but you can still search it. You can still find it back if you want, like emails from years ago. It's still there, you know, which is, which is super handy. Um, and I would, I would recommend a similar thing with CRM as well. Yeah, for sure. And uh, sales books. What are some of your favorite sales books? Uh, I'm currently... Uh, I know I'm not reading a sales book. Right. Well, I'm kind of reading a sales book right now. I'm reading um, uh, Dale Carnegie again, uh, How to mm-hmm. Win Friends and Influence People. Um, I recently read uh, Zig Ziglar. Um, also, the first time when I when I started reading it, I I sort of stopped because uh, it 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 felt a bit outdated. Uh, but then when I actually uh, dove into it again and I looked a bit past. Uh, him selling uh, cookware kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of uh, good value in there. A lot of things that are still um, valuable for salespeople. I also read um, Fanatical Prospecting by Jeb Blount of Sales Gravy, yeah. uh, which also made me think again about uh, things like telesales. He's a, he's a big fan of, uh, of, of cold calling. Um, actually, if you, if you want to follow the things I read, I have a Goodreads account. If you just search for my name, then the, there is a whole list of things I read. And I always leave a review uh, on every book uh, to help other people uh, find the right books. Yeah, cool. Yeah, awesome. And so uh, with that in mind, what what are some of the things that uh, that have helped grow your business, uh, you know, six and a half years into this? I'm sure you haven't reached the pinnacle yet, but as you strive to, you know, get mm-hmm. there, uh, you know, what, what are some of the things that you've implemented along the way to help you overcome some of the challenges that you face growing your business? 
Yeah, on, uh, more on the sales level or just because, I mean, there's a lot of things, obviously. Yeah, yeah, just uh, anything uh, from, so from talking about, you know, uh, the growth of the mm-hmm. company, some of the things that you've, that you've had to do to grow or as you continue to try to grow, uh, you know, just anything. Yeah, uh, try to summarize a bit. Um, I would say one of the things we do uh, very consciously staying very close to our customers. Uh, that means that we never uh, sort of um, put up any barriers. Uh, we're available um, on chat. We're available on email. We're available uh, to get on calls. We don't require a whole lot of uh, things to to make that happen. I actively also, and this is an automatic thing I've set up with every new person who comes on the software, I connect on LinkedIn uh, I ask for their feedback or whether they have questions. They can always reach me on the LinkedIn chat. Of course, if it gets technical, I will start referring them to uh, the support chat uh, because there's there's always a, a developer on the side and I cannot answer everything. But just the fact that uh, I'm available as co-founder and CEO uh, to customers uh, is very much appreciated. And it also helps us um, to understand very well what our customers want. There's not... A, there is no barrier between me and, and customers or, or anyone in our company, actually, uh, which makes that we can uh, we understand very well what value it is we need to build, how we need to adapt to, uh, to new things. Um, and that's something when you grow your company that is extremely important. I, I do believe it stays important after that as well. Um, but let's, let's contrast this with let's say a software company that just launches something online, um, watches some videos of people going through their software, uh, and then sometimes has this kind of voting thing going on where they ask people like, which feature do you want? They know very little about uh, what their customers want, what's exactly going wrong, how they can improve. Uh, And this is something you need to, um, you need to fight against. You need to, be very close to your customers uh, because it's the only thing that matters. You're basically, you have two jobs and one is uh, building your product or service and the other one is selling it and talking to your customers and making sure it's valuable to them and all that. Um, so if you start as a small company acting like a big company and treat your, your customers as numbers and people who need to go through a process instead of, uh, keeping them sort of as your as your friends, uh, and and treating them like like you would be treating them if you would just start up the company, uh, then then I I think you're really losing out on something. Um, yeah, I think that's sort yeah. of a summary I would give. Right, right, yeah, cool, <laughs> yeah. So um, I would imagine. So it sounds like you're very involved from uh, you know onboarding clients and and and. and companies and everything so um as far as sales calls that you've been on Mm -hmm. walk walk me through you know the most fun that you've ever had on a sales call (laughs) the most fun i've ever had on a sales call uh that's a good question i was fun one sometimes recently there was a uh, uh, one that comes up as a, a tv producer who uh, contacted me on LinkedIn and said, call me. I'm like, what do you want to call about? Yeah. And then he's like, 
he doesn't respond anymore. And I'm like, okay, uh, I just set up a, a time for us to, to talk. And then uh, that day we, we call and he's, he's, he's of course late, TV producer, right? And uh, he doesn't come on the call and he says, uh, call me on, on this number, then I call him on that number. And then one of the first things he says is, uh, your CRM software, would you consider using it fun? And he says it in a very dramatic voice. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't know whether it's as fun as going out with your friends, but more fun than, <laughs> than other software. And like, oh, okay, yeah. Um, and then we have a, a whole conceptual um, conversation about what CRM should be and all those kind of things. Yeah. Those are the more, more fun ones. Uh, the, the regular uh, sales call is more like uh, uh, answer a few questions, you know, a few questions that people have, um, listen what, what, what they want and then, uh, and then find a solution. But now and then you can uh, have something out of the ordinary. Right. So a TV producer want to know if the CRM was fun. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's cool. They're, they're customers now. They're, they're actually... Um, they're going to launch uh, uh, a new TV channel next year. And one of the main shows is called The Social Movement. Oh, yeah. Uh, and uh, they just, um, you know it? or? Yeah, I've heard of it. Yeah, a couple of yeah. influencers are part of it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And so yeah. they're, uh, the, the people who, um, who organize this are, are currently our customer. Nice. Yeah, cool. And uh, so... What are what are some of the things that you know you're most you're most curious about out in the sales space in the sales world right now? Most curious about um, I don't know where it's going. Uh, I'm I'm wondering how fast it will all go. Like uh, we've we've seen big changes um, with the whole COVID situation, the pandemic. Uh, everybody moving to remote selling and uh, field sales really got a huge hit. Yeah. Um, I'm wondering how much of that will stay um, and how much of an acceleration we can, uh, we can expect when it comes to things like, like more data, sales automation, and these kind of things, uh, because it all got a huge push. Um, but it's very hard to say right now, like, like where it's all going. Yeah. So as far as um, some of these teams that are still remote selling and um, what, what do you, what do you think as far as, you know, people that finally learn how to pivot and do remote sales, do you think they'll go out in the field like they normally used to? I think probably part of them will go back in the field. Um, although if the situation keeps going until like halfway next year or maybe longer, I have no idea. Um, then chances become become smaller and smaller. Um, I think a lot of people have definitely felt the, the productivity improvements. Uh, they might be missing the, the, the actual like live interaction, being together in a room kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but when you think about it from a business standpoint, um, I do believe that remote selling is so much more efficient. Um, and you, of course, lose a bit of that, that personal connection, but there are so many things you can do to still keep it personable um, mm. despite um, being sort of like two screens away from your customer. Right. Uh, that 
largely compensate uh, the the cons. Yeah, and in, in as uh, as founders and owners of companies as well, you know the whole overhead. You don't. Mm-hmm. I think companies realize that they don't have to have all of this overhead. That it can. That's money that can be reinvested back into the business. What are your thoughts? Definitely. No. Yeah. Definitely. There's a. Uh, in this kind of crisis situations, you always uh, look uh, more closely at what you act actually need to spend on. Like uh, where you're spending now, what can be cut, and I think there's a, a lot of overhead and a lot of inefficiencies that are going to go away. Yeah, for sure. And uh, let's talk about mindset. You know, right now, a lot of people are are struggling to be in the in the right mindset. And uh, what are some things that you do to stay in the right frame of mind? Um. The thing that really helps uh, for me and our team actually is uh, doing the sort of stand-up meetings. Um, we um, always summarize what we've done in the past day and then say what we're going to go do that day. It's a social activity for us. So we all get on a call on uh, 9.30 in the morning, every morning. Uh, we have a little chat, then we, we explain this. It's good for communication as a team. We all know where, where, where we're going. It's good to see each other. Uh, but it's also really great to plan your day. Uh, yeah. Before we did stand-up meetings, I was not so much of a, a day planner. Uh, but now I'm sort of forced into it. And it really helps me uh, be more effective. Uh, I list all the things I need to do that day. And then I just go at it, uh, which really helps. Because then at the end of the day, you can also see that you've you've achieved these things or you're, you're at least almost achieved these things, uh, which, uh, which is really fulfilling. Whereas if you have to uh, wait for long-term effective things, uh, that's much harder. So if you, if you sort of live on a daily basis and work on a daily basis and, and look at your input rather than your output, uh, I believe that really helps with, uh, with, with, with your mindset and your motivation. Yeah. So kind of celebrating the small wins as you're knocking things out. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So how do you go about prioritizing some of the things that you need to do? Because, you know, it can seem overwhelming, you know, all the different things that you could put together a to-do list, all the things you like to get done and all the things you need to get done. Like, how do you prioritize? Uh, Yeah, we have prioritization on many levels. Um, But when it comes to my work, um, I prioritize based on the things we set forward in the beginning of the year that were important, um, which we then plan in, uh, in bi-weekly meetings. We plan what we're going to do and we prioritize things there and we see like what, what doesn't make sense to spend time on the next two weeks. It's together with the rest of the growth team. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are some things that then come in between that's, that need to get higher priority. That happens. Uh, but in general, it's, it's sort of set up front. Um, it's still largely based on, on gut feeling, I would say there's no model behind it or so. While we, for instance, have that when we're developing features uh, for the product, then we really have a prioritization model, which looks at all the different aspects. Right. Yeah, for sure. Well, awesome. You're on, I I appreciate you coming on the podcast today and, uh, where can people find you? Uh, people can find out more about Salesflare on salesflare.com. Uh, you can find all about all, you can find all about the software on the site there. 
Uh, you can also try it out if you like the button at the top right. And if you want to connect with me, um, you can do that on LinkedIn. Uh, but best leave a message with, with the connection request. Otherwise, I don't know uh, where you're coming from. I don't know that you're coming from the All Things Sales podcast. Uh, but if you leave a message, I'll certainly connect with you. Awesome. All right. Well, I uh, appreciate you come on, coming on the show today. Thank you. It's fun. Visit allthingstelesales.com for additional resources that can help you drive more revenue. Did you like today's episode? If so, subscribe so next week's episode will be available for you. And if you really like today's episode, leave a five-star review. It's a good way to get the word out there. And if not, check out another episode. Maybe then you'll be able to rate the show five stars. Anyone you'd like to hear from on the show, send an email to podcast at allthingstelesales.com. I'd love to hear from you. Don't threaten me with a good time. This episode was off the hook.